Rundown with Ramon. This is a special edition. Recently, I spoke with Lamar Tyler, founder with his wife of Traffic Sales and Profit, which is a business education company based in Atlanta. TSP is all about educating black business owners to use digital tools and more to grow their businesses. Some of you may have heard of and know of Lamar Tyler. Maybe you've been to some of his events. This is a great interview that you'll want to check out. Here's what we covered in this special edition of The Rundown with Ramon. How Lamar Tyler and his wife's previous media, co media company, which is all about marriage and family and, and family and children, uh, helped prepare them for their current business. Sometimes it's the things you do previously that are helping you do things you do today and sometimes you don't even know it. We talked about the power of going very niche. In this case, Lamar Tyler and his wife, their business is a digital media company. 80% of the things everybody can learn, no matter what your race or ethnicity may be. But Lamar Tyler and I talked about the beauty of going niche because in his case, targeting black business owners, there's a shared experience that we black business owners have that others may not. Terminologies, experiences, our faith, things of that nature that the majority of black people have experienced over the years. And we have that shared experience, even though the digital part may be common, we can talk about it in our language and our lingo. So the power of going niche was very interesting. We talked about consistency. Consistency is Lamar Tyler's number one secret sauce of how he's grown his business. So you want to check this episode out to hear about consistency. We talked about the importance of going beyond social media followers. Getting a lot of social media followers is good, it's important, but you can't just live on followers alone. They have to convert to paying customers. That was important. We talked about the importance of having a team and not just a team, but having the right team. We also touched on the power of mission and impact. Yes, Lamar Tyler wants to reach thousands and thousands and thousands, and he's done some of that already. So reaching, I guess, millions and millions of business owners, especially in the black community, but not just to make a mission, not just to make impact, but to do it profitably. That's very important. And we also touched on the importance that it's important to relax. It's important to take time away from the business to spend time with your family and recharge. And let's, let's keep in mind, why are we doing this anyhow? Why are we building businesses? Not, we don't wake up in the morning so we can work. We work so we can spend time with those we love and live a better life. This is Ramon Ray, and thanks for watching the Rundown with Ramon, the special edition. By the way, I have two adult kids, been married almost 30 years. I'm a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author of several books, a keynote speaker, and you can get to know me better at RamonRay.com and check out my brand new platform at ZoneOfGenius.com. Now let's check out this special interview with Lamar Tyler. Hey everybody, this is Ramon Ray. Thanks for joining us today for another exciting interview. And for me, it's really beyond just an interview, but it's getting to talk to amazing people who I help as you're listening to this uh, can hopefully change your life, change your business even. Lamar, I think you understand this. I It's more than just business for me. I'm finding more and more as I turn 50 this year. Yeah, we focus on the speeds and feeds of business, retargeting, use digital marketing, cameras and video. But it's family and life. But Lamar, Tyler, welcome to uh, the interview today. And please feel free to uh, say hi to the audience here and give a, take a few minutes to unpack a bit who you are so those watching understand who you are. Sure. Well, thank you for having me on again. My name is Lamar Tyler. I'm the creative and founder of Traffic, Sales, and Profit, where we hope uh, business owners, Black business owners specifically, learn how to drive more traffic, convert more sales, and grow more profit in their business. But prior to this, like, like this is kind of, I won't say the end of a 15-year journey. Cause I feel like we're just getting started, mm -hmm. but I'm in business. My wife, Ronnie, right. We we're partners in life and in business together. We started in December, 2007 with a blog around marriage and family and parenting called black and married with kids.com. We blew that up, built an audience over half a million people on Facebook, uh, started creating documentary films. There's seven documentary films, no previous experience. Went on to learn how to do eBooks, audio books, online courses, memberships, and throughout the process, people kept saying, teach me how to do what y'all did. They saw us build a business from, we would say, the corner of our bedroom in a small town called Waldorf, Maryland, outside of D.C. area, to uh, being able to you know, build an enterprise with employees and, and benefits and payroll and all this other kind of crazy stuff that comes along with it. But, but really being able to build, like I said, a sustainable business. So they kept saying, teach me how to do it, teach me how to do it, teach me how to do it. So we eventually began to pivot to this side, traffic, sales, and profit where we became a business education company and I've loved every minute of it. 
Oh, I love that business education company. And I must say, uh, Lamar, being a black man myself, and for me, it's way beyond just black people. But I know since that is the target audience, that's what you say out there. It is a big deal, especially in the black community. It's there for everybody. But I must say, just people don't understand it. You know, in in other demographics, your great, great grandfather probably owned the corner store or, you know, your great, great grandfather. They were a teacher at NASA and others. Mine weren't, you know, so I think it is interesting. Like when you said employees in a company for many that's an accomplishment. And so kudos to you. My hat's off to you and your wife for being able to be a shining light, be an example of say, hey, listen, you put your nose to the grindstone, you pick up books, Google it, and attend your stuff. Anybody in, in respect can do that if you put in the work. So kudos well, to you yeah. and Ronnie for doing it. Yeah, you totally right. And if I could add something to that, you're totally right. And the importance of the cultural, the cultural significance piece of it. Because a lot of people think, all right, you know, they hear us talk about, hey, we're doing stuff around black entrepreneurship. They think we focus on the color of it. We focus on the actual culture of it and black culture, which I, I would explain to people a lot of times. If I'm Italian and I live in Brooklyn and I meet somebody that's Italian and live in San Francisco, there's a shared cultural piece that even though we ne- never met b- before, it's some things about how we were raised that's going to be similar. It's some things about how we, you know, sat down and broke bread and what we ate when we sat down and, and eat those things that would be similar. It's probably similarities about how we worship and how our, our parents and grandparents you know, treated us, how they disciplined us, right? All these things that kind of would make up the cultural makeup. So oftentimes what I hear from our entrepreneurs are that when they go to mainstream conferences and events, um, they feel lonely. They feel like, hey, you know what? Like I'm the only one here. And, you know, I'm I'm not surrounded by people to really, you know, totally get me, totally understand me. And that's, we've created a safe space where we can say, hey, you know what? We want to focus on you. We want to make sure you get not just the educational resources, but the cultural resources that you need. And using the way that we can um, use economics and business and entrepreneurship to actually uplift, encourage and support our communities, create more jobs and provide more economic balance along the way. Nah, for sure. And two things I'll say, let me know if you identify with this. One of my friends, one of my mentors, he's uh, half Israeli and half Spanish, and uh, he invited me for uh, um, uh, bagels and locks. And I posted on Facebook, like kind of you do. I post, you know, I'm a little careful. Yeah. People think I post everything. I don't, people. But <laughs> y'all think I you. do. But <laughs> but I said, hey, I'm going to have bagels and locks. I've never heard of locks before, at least that I remember. I got a ton of comments. How could you grow up in Brooklyn, never ate locks, never seen it? I grew up on the side, and I'm not Caribbean, but I, but I grew up on the side where there was more Black people, people look like me. I know what a grill is on. I know what jerk chicken is. I know. Like, I, I tell you about this beef patty. Now right. you ask me about a beef patty. We can talk about a beef right. patty. <laughs> but they were like, how could you not know locks living in Brooklyn? I said, because that's another segment of Brooklyn that you don't yes. get. So that makes sense. What I'm totally, saying? You know, you hit it on the head because that that's what it is. When people come into our events, we have a shared experience. Yeah. And, and the importance of that shared experience is there's a beginning part of the conversation we don't have to have because we have that shared experience. We can just jump right to it. And still, I'm 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 cognizant of the fact that hey, we're still just two men still right having this conversation because we still have advantages along that perspective. Because I've had uh, a, a black woman be at an event and say, hey, you know what? I'm in technology, so when I go to an event, not only am I one of the few women, I'm the only black woman. On top of that, so I feel like I I double get it to where <laughs> where is nobody there that kind of you know. Uh, connects with me that can relate to me and everything like that. But shit, when I come to your events, I feel like I'm coming to an HBCU homecoming. Yes, yes. And, and, I'm, and I'm that probably, probably was the best, <laughs> the best uh, uh, kudos I could have ever receive. Yes, yes. And I, I, we won't make this a, a, you know, a black talk. Maybe we will one day to be a new show. But another thing I bet, I bet 80% of your audience, I bet if you say how many of your grandmamas had a switch somewhere or great grandmamas, 80% would, <laughs> would know what that is. <laughs> but other people, they're like a switch, what's that? That's it. Oh, that's it. But listen, Martala, thank you so much. Why don't we just dive into business overall uh, before we get into digital marketing? Can you walk us through at a high level what you can remember of creating this beautiful empire you've created? Love to hear a bit some of the highlights of that. But more importantly, Lamar, what can we learn from it? Becky, who's that one person uh, coach who has two clients, how can she grow that a bit to cross 500K? which is big for many people, at least in my community. How can, you know, the guy right now who's building websites, he's like, yeah, Lamar, I'd love to scale that and do that easier because I'm going to bed at three in the morning. What? Tell us your story, Lamar, a bit. And then what can we learn from that that I'd love to understand? 
Sure. Uh, so a few things, right? I talked about the fact that we started in December 2007. And now one of the questions I get a lot of times is people say, well, what were, what were the key things that you did? What were the pivotal moments and, you know, shifts that you made that allowed you to become so successful now? And I tell them my superpower, I always say like, lean in, you know, you ready for this? Write it down. My superpower is I'm consistent. Mm-hmm. And then they always get disappointed. They like, man, that ain't, <laughs> that ain't what I, the other day I was telling somebody this and the lady asked a question, she like interrupted me part of the way through as if to say, no, forget that. Like, tell me the real like, thing. Really, really. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was getting back and I was like, oh, hold on, let me finish this. And I was like, it's really, really my consistency. We started, like I said, in December, 2007. And what we quickly realized would be the key to our success was something called community. Mm. And, and I tell people all the time, you can be, uh, and two things, right? Community and then also niching down because we already started this kind of niche down conversation. So I would always tell people when we talk about community, I always said, I want to be a big fish in a small pond versus small fish in a big pond. And even when we started that first brand around marriage, right? And it was, it was blackandmarriedkids.com. Mm-hmm. And we said, we wanted to provide positive images of marriage and parenting in the black community. A lot of people say, well, why, why don't it just be about marriage? And I said, well, it's about marriage. I'm competing with, you know, 50,000 other, you know, websites, church ministry sites, and all these other things at the same time. They said, why, why does it have to be around, you know, uh, black marriage, right? I said, because every other website and every mainstream website is slanted from the actual opinion of, you know, mainstream, um, uh, you know, uh, white couples yeah. and things like this. So I, I got to get more grain. I want to get more clear. And we niche down. And when we niche down, we begin to dominate that niche. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we talk to an underserved community where there have been couples that have been married 20, 30, 40 years. But they say, I never see myself represented. When I watch TV, I read the newspapers, I watch movies. I don't see myself. Yes. We had singles that said, hey, my parents are married 40, 50 years. So I know this exists. But again, I don't see the representation of it. So representation matters. So we learn how to build community. Yeah. And when no, we built community, one of the probably the, the, the key points of that, Ramon, was the, I never forget, we initially monetized by working with advertisers. Mm. And we had like a large community of African-American moms and families. So if they wanted to reach black moms and families, they would come through us. Mm-hmm. But what I found was happening is that the more money we wanted to make, the more advertisements we had to secure. The more advertisements we had to secure and brand placements, things like that, the more we had to please the advertisers. That's right. You have and to. the more we were turning towards the advertisers in order to please them, the more we were turning our backs away from the people that matter the most, which are our readers, right. our, our consumers. So around this time is when we got clarity around the fact that we wanted to create some of our own products for them. And we started, like I said, with documentary films and didn't have any previous experience, came with this crazy idea one night. And we said, let's do it. So we went out and, and filmed our own documentary. But what we found through the documentaries, they said courses, ebooks, audiobooks, all this stuff was that the more in tune we were with that audience, the more money we made. The more we overcame the challenges, the problems, the issues that they faced, the more money we made. And, and then, you, you know, we mentioned uh, social media, right? We had a Facebook page over half a million people on it. But even more important than that, we had built a customer list over the years of over 50,000 people through that one single brand uh, in all 50 states, 43 countries around the world that bought our products and services from that, that marriage site. What we quickly learned along the path when we were having all those Facebook fans and Twitter followers was that we couldn't pay our mortgage with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, somebody listening is, is figured this part out <laughs> already, right? Like how many people watch your reels does not equate to how much money is in your bank account. Not at all. So we had to get very clear that, hey, we either want to be popular or we want to be profitable. And which one are we going to focus on? Which one are we going to say, hey, this is the primary thing? That's not saying that we're not pouring into social. We're not trying to grow the channels and pages. But followers alone does not make a successful business. We have to be able to get those people's attention and then be able to move them some way from just being a follower, just being a subscriber or something like that, to actually getting into a product or service that overcomes a challenge so that we can help those people, we can retain them and keep moving from there. So those are some of the first kind of lessons that we learned along the way that still benefit us to this day. Uh, no, that is powerful. And I like how you said consistency. A few things I'll just uh, jive with you here is that my son, you know, I have a small following compared to those who have millions and millions of followers. He said, Dad, how are you able to get, because my model live has been sponsors and working with high-tech brands. Yep. And, and I didn't know how to answer, but I think you gave me the answer that I can tell my son. He's like, Dad, you're not Ty Lopez or whoever, Lamar Tyler for that matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, y'all just likes me and they like my little, a big b- version of the world. That's why they pay me over and over again. So he, he, but he finally understood it because as you may have seen, I sold some companies and starting new ones and all that. So I'm like, Tim, 
yeah, everybody in the world don't know me, but those who need to know me know me, and that's just the way it is. So that's it. Hey, ask them, would you would you rather be popular? Would you rather be profitable? Yes. yes. Two, 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 like like I said, from the outside, a lot of people think it's the same thing, but as we know, it, it totally isn't. Which is why every now and then you'll see, you know, uh, XYZ TikTok influencer with 20 million people launches t-shirt brand and 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 can't make any money, right? Or <laughs> does meet and greet, nobody shows up. And people yes. are like, how could that happen? Is because most of the time we focus on the wrong things. And as business owners, we just have to do better. Yeah, for sure. And what does your team look like today, Lamar? And what maybe if you can give us uh, some, some steps in that. I say that because I know several people, team is important. They're going by themselves and people wonder me, Ramon, how do you do so much? And I'm guessing you would echo some of this. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I get I have busy seasons, but I find that having a great team to lean on and that I encourage my team, I hope you get an assistant, not for me, for you. That's a beautiful day. So I find that that, yeah, I can go out with friends all the whole weekend. So yourself, can you talk about maybe some of those steps of team? I know you and your wife, Ronnie, those are two people there. But what about all the stuff you're doing, man? <laughs> yep. Well, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because when you talked about what were some of the highlights of the journey, right? Like I said, we've been doing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. So I had multiple things down, but I just kind of stopped <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But the next thing I had on my sheet was team. Yeah. Because once we begin to grow, then we needed team in order to leverage and get to the next level. And for us, you know, I always tell people like you can hustle your way to six figures, right? right. You know, you can do some things, you can work hard, you know, stay up late, work the weekends, whatever like that. And a lot of people, you know, you can find a product market fit and get to six figures. Mm -hmm. When you start trying to get from that six figures to a million, mm -hmm. and definitely when you're trying to go from one to 10, then the importance of that team weighs in even more. So what that looks like for us, we have roughly like a team of, of roughly like right over 20 people. Okay. Where half of those are our internal team. They come into the office in Atlanta every day. Um, they're W-2 employees. By the way, then I we, want to say, God bless you, man. That's a, that's a, that's a real business. That's not Tyler working. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought like if you tilt the camera, I'd see a Starbucks logo and you just put those pictures up. <laughs> Good for you, man. I mean, I, I can pan out and so you can see some, somebody working right here outside. <laughs> I got, a, I got a glass wall right here. You know, I love right it. Here. My man, but, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, then we have another uh, uh, roughly 10 sure. that are um, uh, contractors, sure. but they're on the payroll. You know, I'm part of the team because they're on the payroll yep. every single month. Mm -hmm. We paying them that are coaches for our mastermind program, some of our um, uh, subject matter experts sure. for our mastermind program. So all together, like this, 20 people between W2, 1099, that's on payroll every single month. Uh, and we probably got five or six openings right now. So, you know, like everybody else, right, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to try to be finding help and bringing on help, but we're looking for more people because we know that the next level of, of uh, monetization and money for us is directly tied into the resources and the people that we put into these seats. Mm -hmm. So, so like I said, for, what does that look like? It looks like, you know, my wife and I, I'm the CEO, I'm the CEO, she's a COO. I'm a big believer. It's a great book called Rocket Fuel. Yeah, uh, Gino Hickman, right? Yes. EOS traction, uh, right here, <laughs> <laughs> right. So <clears throat> that's it. <clears throat> Excuse me. No so that's it. So what Rockefeller talks about how you need a visionary and an implementer. Right. So I'm a I'm a visionary. I'm the big idea person. I, I come up with the ideas. I say, hey, this is where we're going. This is the way. Let's turn the ship this way and go this way. My wife Ronnie is the implementer. She's a yes. project manager by trade. 17 years for one company. From on one company. I was like, who are, who are, like, how old are you? Did you only work one, 17 years, one company, uh, graduated college, went to work for IBM, ran $30 million projects for them. So in our business, she is the implementer that actually, you know, makes all the things happen, Absolutely. right, from a high level. Uh, then we have a director of operations. We have a director of client success. We have program managers over top of our mastermind, our Propel, which is our like online training portal. Um, then we have, you know, a marketing team. So, so we have like different people in different yeah. positions. Like I said, we still have a few more, but I directly realized that again, to unlock the next level, all I need is the right people. I don't need the right ideas. Yes. I don't need the right strategies. The right people in the building automatically make us more. Yes. Well, wow, that is powerful. And I must say, I totally echo that. I have a, a young person who I hired, her name is Helen. And I must say, Lamar, wow. I, you know, I post very liberally. I tell my, my you know, my, the community who I follow, when you have people who are telling you what to do, that's a beautiful thing. I'm like, great, yes. school me. I, I, I don't want to be the smartest person having to drag people. No, I want, I want to feel that there's a fire under me because some junior person is doing that. So I think that is powerful for sure. Um, Lamar, let's touch into, well, one of the things I wanted to touch on is that have you ever thought about, and this, if this is quote unquote too philosophical, let me know, but why couldn't it be Lamar and Ronnie? I don't know if you're, if you're, is your wife a black American? Is she? 
Yes, she is. Yeah. So I don't know if, uh, why couldn't Ronnie and, and, and Tyler just have a great digital marketing or business education business and be obvious who you are, as opposed, I know in your branding and your marketing, you do say, not in a militant way, but you say in a nice way, we are a digital marketing company, et cetera, for black businesses. Why not just say, here's who I am, obviously, and let the market go? Why do you say those words like that? How important is that? And what can we learn from it? Well, that's a great question, because initially when we started this brand, since our first brand was, was specifically catered around black couples and right. improving the uh, image and portrayal of marriage in the black community. When we started Travis Sales and Profit, we said, hey, this will be a brand that we just start for everyone. But what happened is we saw who was showing up mm. and we saw who was supporting us and we saw who had our back. And what it was, it still was our community. So while a lot of people will kind of shy away from it and run away from it and say, hey, let's let's, you know, um, do all these different things so that we don't have this happen. What we did is we doubled down the other way. And we and we realized that like um, everything we do ties into mission, right? Yeah. Mission work. Like what's the mission of what we do? Yeah. So I'm real big on we want to make a lot of money and we want to have a lot of impact. I don't want to have a lot of impact and be broke. And I don't want to have a lot of money, <laughs> but but have no impacts. So I want both, right? The thing I love to do yeah. and I make a lot of money at it, right? And, I, and I, I do both of these things together. So what we did is we said, hey, you know what? These are the people that are showing up. And we realized it was just an extension of the work we were already doing. It was impacting the black community and black families. But the first half of our work together, we did it through, you know, couples and relationships. This sure. next uh, portion of the work is through economics yes, and being able to strengthen families economically. And here's the thing. And this is why I say, like, everyone should really focus on how can I niche down and get more granular about who I serve and how I serve them. The first year that we really said this publicly. We were having our, uh, our, we do two conferences a year. So we were having our TSP live event in 2017. And from the stage, I said, hey, you know, we're here to economically impact the black community through business and entrepreneurship. We want to raise you up to grow your business, uh, to hire more people, right? To provide living wage, great salaries, benefits, all these type of things. And we were met with a standing ovation and a round of applause. And at that moment, we said, hey, you know what? This was right. And since then, we've just developed the message more. Since then, we've grown it more. And the other part, we talk about niching down. A lot of entrepreneurs I meet are afraid to niche, where they just think, hey, you know, if uh, I niche, I'm going to leave all this money on the table and I'm going to lose all this opportunity. Well, here's the thing. You still get other people to come to you. I still get people that's not black to come to me. They want to work with me. They hire me to do different things. They want me to come speak. And I, and I do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't stop other money from coming to you or other opportunity. It just basically allows you to put your uh, a flag in the sand and to attract the right avatar to you at a much faster rate because people say, hey, you know what? It's something special about that community. That community is perfectly and intentionally crafted specifically for me and my business and what I bring to the table. And I need to be a part of it. I think that's powerful. Friend of mine, I don't know if you know the name Tamara Andrus, uh, but she has a podcast called Fit and Faith Podcast, a business mm -hmm. coach. And I must say, right on there, I'm a Christian business coach. And I happen to be a person of deep faith. I'm a Christian. And I thought, not in a negative way, because I am one, but I was like, huh, isn't that a bit too uh, forceful? Like, why is she putting that like this? <laughs> but she's rocking it. So to your point, whatever you're niching, she's unapologetic right out front. That's it. And she and she attracts a wide base. She knows the best of people. Probably we have mutual friends. But yep. yet, to like your journey, she's attracting a big swath of people who are like, oh, Christian business coach, I'm for you. So I get your point. I think you know, and it, if we can sit in that just a second longer, because I think that's so vital. So like you said, when people see her in a sea of uh, of coaches, right? Because this is like a sea of them. Yeah. And it's just more coaches coming. Right. In waves, right? Like the beach is just <laughs> rolling in the tide with new coaches landing on the shore. Every right? day, Every right minute. now, there's 10,000 more, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, and you know, I, I tell, uh, I got like a bunch of clients. I got clients do all kinds of stuff, sure. but I was talking recently to my uh, clients that are bookkeepers and accountants and everything like that. And I was telling them, guess what? From the outside, you all look the same. Yes. That's I, I said, now you may in your mind think, well, I'm an accountant and she's a bookkeeper and he's a CPA and all this stuff. But I said to the average person, we don't know the difference. Now I know difference because they, you know, they're my clients. But I said the average person does not know the difference between an accountant, a bookkeeper, a CPA, and what the difference oh, yeah. is. But when you niche down and you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm here for, uh, you know, uh, a woman of faith or whatever it may be." That woman of faith is looking across all those people and saying, "Who should I pick?" And then boom, that message is the one that resonates. It's game over. And again, that's what we found with us. And when we found that, what we quickly got to as well, Ramon, was that. Um, everything changed. Yeah. Like 
it's it's really again back to that cultural piece where 85 percent of what we teach we can teach to anybody anybody will Absolutely. pick it up anybody will get it but that last 10 15 percent that's cultural when we talk about avatar it's always like hey this is not the demographic also the psychographic the psychographic data is you know what's their belief system what's their emotional state you know like what do they think how do they feel all those pieces like the cultural pieces directly where that ties in so when somebody comes into an event there are things I can say that they'll instantly get. Yes. There are jokes I can make. Then in another room, you know, and I, I've spoken at the big conferences, right? And I can go, and if, if I I know what to say, what not to say, because if I, if I land that same joke or make that same reference, it's crickets, because nobody in that room will know what in the world I'm talking about. But you let me say that at a traffic sales and profit, TSP event, and I'll have everybody in there on the floor dying. That's right. But at the same time, not only are they cracking up laughing, not only are they enjoying the information, not only are they enjoying the music, and the music, like, it's so many pieces of culture. But in their mind, they're saying, you know what? A, this is different. Yes. And, and, and in a world that's, that's convoluted and crowded with so many messages, you want to be different. So they stand out and say, you know what? This, I've been to a bunch of business conferences, but none of them have been like this. And because of the cultural part, they instantly connected. Not only have they not been like this, but none of them have been for me. Mm. And if I thought those other ones for me, nah, this is for me. This is the music that I like to hear. This is the language I like to use, right? I don't have to put on airs. I don't have to, you know, uh, walk in and, and pretend I'm somebody else. Code switching. Exactly. I can totally be myself and I can get to the base of what I'm here for. Let's learn how to build business, learn how to make more money. And let's keep moving forward. That is powerful. That is powerful, Lamar. I think that going back to what you said before, that which relates, Seth Godin says this quite a bit. It seems like if people let go of the fear and trust what Lamar Tyler just said, Ramon Ray is saying that the market's big enough, 8 billion or whatever the number of people in the world, and that's, I don't mean to go that way, but 8 billion people and narrowing it down, what I'm trying to say in a clumsy way, there's enough people in the world that if you narrow down, just add black business, Christian business, Hispanic this, whatever the niche you want to go, there's enough people you'd be surprised that are attracted to you. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Let, let go of the fear and just trust. Go totally one so. or two I levels mean, deeper. I mean, that's it, right? And it doesn't even have to be around culture, race, ethnic, like, you know, faith-based. I, I was telling again, I'll use my um, my uh, financial mm -hmm. clients as an example. I had one that that had like a lot of experience, a lot of clients of e-commerce. I said, I would just do my best to be known as the e-com CPA. I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want... And again, right, you can't be afraid of like, what about the people's not e-com? The majority of your clients are e-commerce. How many, it's so many e-commerce businesses, you can't serve all of them if you wanted to. <laughs> but if I'm looking at 20 different, you know, financial people, some CPAs, some not, some bookkeepers, I don't know what they are, but I'm saying who should do my taxes, who should keep my books, who should, you know, who can help me build a plan around money. And I see one that niches down as they say, hey, I'm the e-com expert. All we do is taxes and returns and bookkeeping for e-com companies. I can help you out with, you know, the Nexus laws and, and, and will you pay sales tax and all of that stuff. You would win the business so easy. And again, right. It's like, like people so worried about what they're leaving on the table, but I'm here to tell you what you'll get in return is much greater. Now you're powerful, Lamar. And I think there's only what five companies, probably five out of millions of companies in the world that want everybody in the world. And it's not even Uber, maybe Amazon, Walmart, Netflix, I think maybe that's only and, <laughs> and, not, and not even and I wouldn't say you know? right, you know, but probably Netflix. Really, I think Netflix is on everybody, but but even Wal even Walmart is really yeah. for a certain. You're right, of, not even Walmart. You're right of, of the of the company. I that's mean, true. of the country, right? And and then if we get into it, you know, one of, one of my favorite things I learned a couple of years ago, I was reading something, and it was talking about the difference between uh, Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, and Dollar General. Mm. And the fact that they got dollar in the name. So looking from a distance, they all seem the same. Yeah. But how all three of them really talked to three totally different segments of clients and consumers. And one was kind of like your target customer that wanted the dollar store. One was like your Walmart customer that wanted the dollar store. In fact, that was like, that's like your rural customer. You know, so even from the outside, when we think, well, all these other companies are doing all this. No, they're not. You know, it's just more intrinsic in their marketing message. But the small businesses you know, we don't have the dollars to do all that research and to do marketing like they can. So we have to be more, more clear and more specific. You are so true, Lamar. And it's funny you said that because my wife, she's one of the demographics of, I think it's 
Dollar Tree, I think. I forgot. You better get it right. My don't let her, don't let her come and correct you. <laughs> but she did. We were at our church convention a few months ago. And to me, because I'm not their demographic, I'm just not the COO of our house and et cetera, if you understand what I'm saying, right? So my wife is doubted into all this. And so, I, you know, I don't know if you do this. I'm a guy, you know, I don't, I listen halfway. I heard the word dollar. We were driving in, in a town I wasn't familiar with. And I just saw Dollar General, one of the dollars I pulled in. <laughs> she woke up. She said, no, no, that's, that's not it. I said, it's the dollar, the, one of the dollar things. She said, no, that's, there's so to difference. your point, she knows there's exactly which one she wanted. There's a, I mean, it's a difference, right? You you yeah. cannot tell diehard Target people, oh, it's a Walmart right there. You get the same thing. Right. No, sir. It, it, it does not work right. that way. So right. yeah, you got to have, sure. have clarity around that. Talk a bit, Lamar, about um, your products and services, your, your, your empire, your ecosystem. Talk a bit about that. And I'll remind you, though, but my question is going to follow up. How do they connect to what can we learn? You know, again, everybody's not going to. And I, those listening, everybody should not try to do what Lamar's doing. It takes a lot of work, a lot of time and consistency. We heard that already. But right, yep. I think we can learn from it. Again, that web designer or that cookie company, maybe they can have another extension here. Over time, they can say, let's do this. Over time, they can say, let's do that. Maybe they do want to teach people to bake cookies after they get cookies making, you know, uh, dialed in. So talk to us about the Lamar Tyler or TSP. What are the services and products? Walk us through that. And then I'd be curious what we can learn and how we can maybe do some of that for our own businesses. Oh, these are great questions. Thank you. You know, you're <laughs> professional. So you already know this, man. I like this. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> rolling with you, questions. man. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when I break it down with us, the main thing I want everybody to listen. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're a coach or consultant, you got product-based, service-based, e-commerce, whatever. Um, the main thing that you want to create in your business are systems. And we often think of systems as like SOP and backend and, you know, what softwares are we using? But I'm also talking about your selling systems and how you actually move people and send them from one product to the next and one service to the next. So for us, it's only three primary things that we sell outside of our, our conferences. Uh, one is called Propel. Propel is just like a, a low ticket, $99 a month online membership. It says like Netflix for entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? Where you can just get, you know, access to courses and resources and things you need. But then above that, we'll send them up to our mastermind, which mastermind is a high ticket. 12 month hands on, you know, we have coaches, we do quarterly events where they come in here to Atlanta, we do um, uh, a retreat, you know, once a year, it's like, like, it's a lot going on, it's much more intense, and it's a much higher sticker price for it. But then we try to send those folks that once they're doing over a million dollars uh, in revenue per year, we have a smaller group called the collaborative, because then it becomes a different conversation. Most of those people, they're already pretty good at selling and marketing, they got right. product market fit. But that's when they need to learn how to be better leaders. That's when they need to learn how to build stronger teams. All these pieces that you don't inherently learn and you're not even really aware of until you're knee deep and realize that you're the total bottleneck in the business. So, so what we learned along that 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 route and building all of this across different brand, brands, because the Black American Kids brand I mentioned before, we actually made an exit from that, so we no longer own it. Mm -hmm. But what we learned was that we had to set up different levels at different prices in order to bring out who our best customers were. So with the original brand, Black American Kids, we sold documentaries. We had all these people buying $25 documentaries, but we had an extremely low uh, customer lifetime value for everybody listening, which is how much that customer spends with you over their lifetime in the business. So we had, you know, 50,000 customers, but they all were basically worth the same amount, right? right? You know, on average, maybe like 47 bucks, but anywhere between like, you know, 25 to 50 bucks is what they spent. So it was hard for us to find out who are the best customers in that batch? Because they all look the same. Mm -hmm. So we made sure the next time we really wanted an ascension ladder where we had different stair steps at different levels so that we can say, hey, you know what? We can tell um, who spent the most. We can tell who's most likely to spend the most in the future. And going forward, most importantly, we can then go find more people just like that. So that's what we were able to do. And, and if anybody listening, I'm a, I'm a book guy. Um, I see you are too. I, I'm, I've been looking in the background, like what is what is? But my I gem, that one. My, I don't recognize my, my gem books are over here, the Lamar. So just so you know, that's kind of for the that's the oh, show. That's just but, <laughs> but my gems are over here, brother. It's <laughs> just for the gram in the back. Yeah. It's just for the gram. But but one of my favorite books, Eighty Twenty Sales and Marketing, uh, by Perry Marshall. Okay, talks about the fact that you know twenty percent or Pareto principle, right? Yes. Law of vital law of a vital few, where twenty percent of your activities are responsible for eighty percent of the outcomes. So we found that also the same thing happens when we sell or when we market that, hey, you know, 20% of our customers are responsible for 80% of our revenue. Yes. With the original brand, since everybody had bought the same thing at the same price, it was hard for us to tell who that top 20% was. But now because we have kind of stair steps and different levels and different prices and everything, like that top 20% stands out 
And now that they stand out, we can do what they call in the in the book, racking the shotgun to find out, hey, let's clear the room and find out who are the top people, who are the people that are willing to pay the most, who are the people that have, that have uh, repeatedly paid over and over again, and again, who are the people most likely to continue paying. Let's just find everything we can about them and then duplicate and find more people just like them so we can build that revenue even faster. No, that, I think you may have given me more. I mean, I know some of this stuff, but it reminded me because the same thing in my own business as a speaker, Lamar. That's one revenue stream I have in addition to media company. But same thing for me. You know, I, I'll speak on a lot of stages. I want to make a big impact. But you have a company as Ramon. Can we give you 5000 6000 to speak? Yeah, there's that. And then there's those who are like, Ramon, we, we want to give you 30000 because we want we want to own you for four days. We want your whole mind. It's just a difference of, to your point, I look at my own database. So I totally get it how price, I think, definitely is a differentiator uh, in business. Would you tell the, uh, is your is your primary target market, is it coaching consultants and speakers or do you, you also have the larger business size as well in your, in the TSP? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. So okay. now in our base, um, because we've niched around, you know, African-American entrepreneurs yeah. and that's the main niche, like we have everything in there. We have product-based, we have service-based. Like I said, we got a bunch of uh, financial business, financial, like, you know, bookkeepers, accountants, CPAs and personal financial. We do have coaches in it e-commerce. It's like a little bit of everything. And then we have coaches and experts in each one of those fields that can help people get direct results underneath the general umbrella of what we teach. And I think that's one of the things that most people don't get. I just want to have a mindset shift of people listening. Yes, The fundamentals of business are the fundamentals of business. Oftentimes we think that, hey, you can't learn things from different people that are in different industries. But I was telling somebody this morning, actually, I love being in masterminding groups mm. where people in different industries. Because a lot of times, I, like one of the one of the best nuggets I got like a long time ago when I first started was from a dentist, and I'm not in no way am I a dentist, right? But when we had that marriage brand, um, I heard them talking about how they had set up all these automations around a birthday campaign for their clients, and I said, "Oh, that's neat, right? That's a great idea." So what I did is I took that same concept and set up an anniversary campaign for my couples. Nice. But I never would have had the idea if it didn't come from the dentist, right? And I didn't know I didn't know any of the marriage people I know. I didn't know any of them that were actually doing that. And I still don't know ones that are doing it now. But but again, right, the, the fundamental core principles of business are business. Yes. Hey, so just kind of being able to take that, then um, layer, layer it over exactly what you do. No, I agree 100%. I was talking to a young lady. And uh, be careful what I say, because she, if she hears this video, she be, she, anyhow, see, I'm getting ready to slip and say who it was. And I know she'll hear this and get on me. But she was saying, no, we're special. We're in this. I'll just say, <laughs> we're in the fitness business. We're special. And I kept trying to tell her. I'm getting ready to say her name. But I kept trying to say, I get your point. Business is business. There's a few, 10, few fundamental things, follow up. You know, not just a CRM technical, but that helps CRM know your customer. And I was saying, that's it. Something's going wrong here. One of these. No, no, no. I'm like, okay, I, what can I say? So that's but a fundamental if, thing right there. If we could talk about that for one more second, please, because please. you're because this comes up all the time to me. And I say, hey, they say, hey, well, you know, what you teach work for this kind of business, that kind of business. I said, no matter what business you're in, you need traffic. You need leads, right? Whether it's a brick and mortar, I need people coming in off of that sidewalk into my store. If it's e-commerce, I need people landing on my actual page. No matter who it is, if I'm a cultural consultant, I need to be getting people on that phone, right? Like, like or watching my webinar or my VSL, whatever it may be. So no matter who you are, you need leads into the business. Once you get leads, right? The majority of your leads are not going to convert. So you got to be able to retain and hold that information so you can nurture them. Once you nurture them, you got to be able to convert those people. Like you said, you got to be able to follow up to the ones that don't convert. Once you get them to convert, you got to be able to actually deliver and do fulfillment. Then you got to be able to wow that person. Once you wow them, you want to get a return path where they come back into the business and spend more. Like you said, it could be fitness. That's it. I could just say that to a CPA. I can say it to an e-commerce brand. It all happens, right? It, it all is part of the process of a successful business. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that's no, that's one of sure. my pet peeves. Probably I got a little- We, yeah, we, we keep rolling here. <laughs> so what would you say then to follow up, um, uh, Lamar, I guess, what do you say then about the special sauce that businesses provide? Somebody saying, I did exactly what Lamar did. I looked at his blueprint. Lamar, in fact, opened up his whole business plan. He said, here, here's the TSP roadmap. Steal it, take it. And let's say, they, I did that, but it didn't happen. I guess what I'm trying to get at, I think sometimes- I don't know, Lamar, just I think some people think they're doing it exact right. And then I also think, I don't even know how to ask the question I'm asking, Lamar. But do you understand what I'm trying to I ask? Get it, like, yeah. Go ahead. I, I get it. To me. And I, I would say, um, um, I, I would say two things to it. Number one, that's where that consistency piece comes in that we talked about before. People, every now and then I guess somebody say, well, can you guarantee me that my business will do this, this or that? Mm -hmm. And I say, I can't guarantee you nothing. But what I can guarantee is if you keep taking the steps 
and you keep moving forward, you'll get there. I just can't guarantee the length of time that it'll take for that to actually happen. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I can tell you, you know, it may take 20 steps for you to be successful, but you got one person that'll take 20 steps in the next 90 days. Yeah. You got one person to take 20 steps in the next nine years, right? And, and, and it's about that piece of consistency. Our last event, we had just under like a thousand people um, in the room, right? Here Congratulations, man. Thank you. But what I tell people, they say, well, Lamar, how'd you get in the event with a thousand people in the room? Because we didn't stop at the first event. We only had 47. And we wanted 200 at that event. If I could be honest, we wanted 200. That wasn't going to happen. So we said, you know what? We're going to adjust the goal. Maybe we, we we never done this for us, a new audience. We thought our old audience would come over with us. They did not. So we had to build from scratch. We said, there. you know what? Uh, me and Ronnie talking. I said, babe, let's go from 200 to 100. We did not get 100. When there were 47. And the crazy part was that a couple years ago, I was thinking about it. I said, you know what? We have 47 people, but most of those people have free tickets. Because I started TSP by selling a course, and they got a free ticket to the event with the course. So they weren't even 47 paying <laughs> Paying people, they were forty-seven people just, just you had like just, four people, four paid people, man, sucking up my air conditioning, you know, warming up my seats, right? Yeah. So, so to get to the one thousand people, we had to not quit when we had forty-seven. When we didn't see the vision manifested, when we didn't get the amount of people we thought would be in the room, but what we did see is we saw just enough to say, hey, let's do it again. And we did it again, and we said, okay, this time let's not have to let's just plan for fifty. And the thing sold out because those forty-seven were so on fire. They went back and told more people. Then we sold out in advance, and so the thing became, hey, you know what? This event be selling out, so you got to hurry up and get your next ticket. And the next event we went up to one hundred and seventy-two. And then since then, it's been on fire ever since. With it selling out most time while before we come out of early bird in most in most stages because it's moving. So we didn't quit. The other thing I have to tell people is so many, so many people are, are complacent with just doing things. They're like, hey, you know, Ramon, I, I did all the things. For one, that's a lie. Because I've been doing this for a long time, and I do it. I do way more activity than most people, yeah. and I haven't done all the things. Right. So if, if you know, a lot of the people that I think folks look up to and admire online and things mm -hmm. like that, they're still testing new things. That's they're right. still split tests, and they still are trying different applications. They are in masterminds and getting coaches and consultants right. and learning from each other. So if they haven't said they've done all the things, how can you? If you're new to the marketplace, new to the business. So what I tell people all the time is, is you have to do what I call LAL. You mm -hmm. have to launch, then analyze, then optimize. And then once you do that, you just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until it goes. So it's not about uh, doing a webinar or hosting an event or going and vending for the first time and then saying, I did it, but I'm not rich. What you do is you go and vend, which is the launch. Then you analyze what went right, what went wrong. Every time we launch anything, we have a debrief where we focus on those things. We want to double down on what worked. We want to get rid of what didn't, and then we want to optimize it, right? It improve it, and then launch it all over again. Yes. And and where a lot of people get stuck, if I can be honest, please, a lot of people, what I call uh, paralyzed perfectionists. Oh, all day. All I don't day. know if you yes. want to talk about this or not. Go, go for it. Just may, <laughs> just may lose you a couple people. I don't know. May may lose you some attraction to you. That's right? all right. <laughs> when I talk about paralyzed perfectionists, there's so many people that spend too much time yeah. focusing on things that it don't matter in the end. And what they do is they they use perfectionism as a crutch mm -hmm. to not launch. Yes. Where they say, hey, you know what? Like my website got to be just because, you know, this is my brand. Yes. And, and you know, I need quality. And when people see me, they see quality. So my website got to be just right. So they've been playing with the website for months and months yeah. and months and months and years and years and years. It's and people they still that, got Lamar's that, notes. They still got your notes from the conference they went to four years ago. Listen. And they haven't launched yet. Every every event we do, in my very opening talk, I say, you do not get an award for how many notes, yeah. how many pages of notes you walk out of here with. You get an award for how much you execute. Yes. And that paralyzed effect is somebody listening right now that has a tab on their uh, computer open with Canva. And they stay playing with the right graphic. They're trying to find the right font, right? And what if I told you that right font has no bearing on how much money you'll make? But, but literally, it's all these little things that stop us. So while the paralyzed perfectionist is is working in the background years and years and years before they launch the first time. Once they launch, they still gonna have to LAO launch, analyze, optimize over and over again because your idea, your 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 product, your service isn't validated until you get to the marketplace and somebody swipe that credit card. So while they've done that, in the meantime, I've launched six different times, right? Done is better than perfect. So I get it out. It's gonna be quality. It's not gonna be junk. Right. But I'm going to get out into the marketplace. I'm going to put some deadlines on when I got to get it out. I'm going to get it to the marketplace, and then I'm going to improve it. I'm going to see, hey, why didn't they buy? Let me fix that. 
Why did the people that buy bought? Let me double down on that and launch again. And if you're in version one and I'm in version six, it's no way you'll ever beat me. Done. I agree. No, Lamar, that that was that's a master class right there. That's a master class right there. And I think to your point, there's that yin and the yang when people say, you know, Lamar's given the top level things of business traction. We talk it out. There's no secrets. Google it. It's, it's all right. there for business. But I think on the other hand, and that does go back to the details, talking about graphics or whatever. I think what I would say is that also, Lamar, is that when you first do it, you just get it out there. Then you're learning you do better and better. I bet the Lamar and Ronnie today is way different than the first TSP event two years ago, three years ago, whatever Man, it was. Man, we don't even like looking at that old stuff. I tell you, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm like, <laughs> like the other day I saw a picture that had this banner I made myself. I yeah. was like, good God, what was I doing? Lamar, I've been there as well. And so, and that's how it gets better and better. But those are the details I think that if you don't launch, then you're complaining what happened. That's because you just said it. We've done it six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times now. You're going to have to go through that journey to perfect it because those are the parts that I can't write down. I think those are the part, Lamar, yes. can't be in a book. You can read the click funnel, this, that, with all the whatever book you want. But until you do it, I think, until you shot or you've been through the mud, that's the part we can't teach, I think. Does that make yeah. sense? And we, and we live in a society where everybody wants three steps. You know, I get that question all the time. Give me, give me three, the three steps, three most important steps you took yes. to build a multi seven figure. Like it's more than three steps. That's right. Be, because the thing is, even if I give you three steps, half the time I forget all of, like you said, the stuff through the mud that we went through. And 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 this this what trips people out to know us because we've won awards, we've been in the press, we've had notoriety. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, we've actually never won an award where you had to get picked to win an award. Every award we've won has been like, hey, like like we're on the Inc. 5000 list for the second time this year. But it's just like, hey, you send in your revenue and, and, and like the numbers tell a story. It ain't like, hey, nobody picking you. It ain't like you pitching or nothing like that. So I tell people like, we've actually, like we've lost consistently. We can, we get like pretty good at losing and when it comes to contests and things like that. Well, most time we launch, the launches do not go actually as big or as well as we want. But here's the other part that we haven't talked about yet. My expectations are so high. The level mm. that I shoot for is so high that even when we don't perform, even when things fall through yes. the cracks, we still are so much further than the next person that it leads to, to unparalleled success. Yes. And again, right, if we're doing that and we're launching with high expectations, but falling and our failures are into a range where they're still good, and we do this six, seven times while the next person is just trying to get off the first one, you know, at, at the end of the day, it just creates an a, a imbalance. Lamar, that is that is a gem. I do want to talk about your family and what you do for downtime. And when I, I was always when I ask these questions about you, but lessons learned, you know, when we're all high performers going at a thousand miles a minute, which I have no shame in doing, but I'm not one of these people, even though my company was Smart Hustle, I'm not one of these people who believe working for 50 hours a day. No, no. Without shame, I will take off, no problem. And even my team, my executive assistant, she she called me or a few weeks ago, whatever, said, Ramon, I'll be off for two days going to uh um Kermit the Kermit the Frog, Sesame Street place in Philadelphia. Okay. I was like, yeah, great, place. goodbye, go. And here's some money to spoil your family. So I'm all about that. So I'd love to hear from you, Lamar. Talk about the personal side of Lamar. You know, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're busy, but is that important to you? Do you take downtime? Do you travel? Do you get away? Talk about that side of Lamar, uh, uh, Tyler world. Yeah, great question. So I, I do travel, I do uh, get away. But a lot of times we travel for business too. So yes. one of the things, one of one of my 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 cheat codes, right, is always try to see if we can just add time on the front end. Or the, or the, you know, on the front end, come in a little bit early, stay a little bit late yes. so that we can have some down days incorporated with that. I'm blessing the fact that me and my wife are in business together. So a lot of times we get to travel together. Mm -hmm. So that kind of allows for it too. But then the other thing I would say for entrepreneurs out there is even though like I'm, I'm, I'm one of y'all, right? So I'm not like, I'm not on the beach, with my laptop, like laptop light. Right. No, I'm in the office. Yeah. <laughs> I got a meeting after this, right? I'm in the office, like, like working all the time. But one of the things is I'm very clear about when I've had enough yeah. or when my body has had enough. Mm. And, and I think some people just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But I'm here to tell you that guess what? At certain levels in your business, you could do all the work close that laptop. And when you open it up, guess what? It's still gonna be more work there waiting for you. So I think once you really come to that, that, you know, realism that, Hey, the work's going to be there no matter what. Now, some things you gotta, you gotta, gotta get done. Right. But most things it's not a big difference if it gets done today or tomorrow. Um, then that kind of helps me. Right. And like I said, there's times when, Hey, I might have stuff going on, but I'm just tired. I'm just tapped out. Yeah. I just want to, you know, sit and watch a movie with my wife 
And I'll say, hey, you know what? Like that'll wait till tomorrow because guess what? That work's going to be there either way, no matter what. It's not going anywhere. It'll always be there. And even when you, you know, remove that out of that place, something else will just come take its place behind it. So I just kind of, you know, move forward, use that perspective. And then I'll, I'll give you one more thing. Please. I had a client that was a uh, a therapist. So we we talked, we had some uh, conversations and then he did some assessments on me and my wife and the team and everything. Okay. And he came back and said, Lamar, you know, what you need is you need an outlet. Mm-hmm. And I think probably a lot of entrepreneurs don't really have that. Uh, especially because I love entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. I'd like drag my wife into it, but always know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So, yeah. so the game is fun to me. You know, it's not like a chore, like, oh, I, I hate it. I hate coming. I love coming to the office, right? Yeah, we got too. a day where we uh, we got a work from home day. And I, that's my favorite day at the office. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> why, be like, why are you going in? Like, you only have to work there, dude. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, I love coming in. I love coming into the building. I feel different. Yeah, I perform different. So this is like my basketball court. This is my, yes. my football field. This is my arena that I'm in. I love but it. while I do all of that, he really made me aware that I needed an outlet mm. outside of the business, outside of work, where I could just get out and, um, and clear my mind and do some different things, right? So for me, I, you know, I began taking up golf Good for, for that reason. And it was something I love because I could do it alone. I could do it with friends. I'm getting to that age, my friends be broke down or they got, like half my friends broke down, the other yeah. half, Got little our kids are older now. They got little little kids. So they yeah. can't they can't get out. Yeah. So I found somewhere I could do it alone. I could do it with other people. Um, I can go and just clear my mind for a couple hours, yeah. have a great conversation with somebody while I'm out. But whatever it was, the, the important thing was I just found an outlet. Yeah. So he really impressed by me that need to find an outlet. And since then, I've been recommended to other people as well. If you don't already have one. And uh, get some new clients too, right? Golf is a, a whole other community of, Very of, true. of people as well. Uh, Very but if true. you ever want to shoot some weapons and have a green beret kick your butt, Lamar, you want to do something like that, you and your team, call me. I know the guy who has a program. We will just destroy your body, kick your butt, push you around, shoot some weapons. <laughs> and you would think you're tough, but realize you're not as tough as you think you are. That's kind of fun, kind of scary. It is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to proceed. I don't know. We'll bring it to ATL for you. <laughs> <laughs> weapons and everything. So, but Lamar Tyler, one more time, give us the best uh, website, I think, that people can do to reach out to you. You have a number of things. I know Mastermind, you have your event, uh, trainings, courses. Is there one particular website address or IG address that you want to give out that we can go to uh, so the community here can dive into what you're doing. Yep. No problem. Best way to reach uh, me and find out about what we do is www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. And that's A-N-D, trafficsalesandprofit.com. I love it. Listen, Lamar Tyler, be blessed. Thanks for being with us today. Everybody, I'm Ramon Ray. And if you like this interview, please let me know. If you didn't like this interview, still let me know as well. But Lamar Tyler, thanks for spending time with us today. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this interview, a special edition of The Rundown with Ramon. See you next time right here. Don't forget to put your comments. Hit me up directly on Instagram, Ramon Ray Smart Hustle, or you can email me, uh, Ramon at RamonRay.com, my email address. But thanks for watching again, The Rundown with Ramon. I appreciate you, and I hope you enjoyed this special edition.